Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome to Hurt at Sports Radio. Kicking off hour number three here on Hurt at Sports Radio on AM 590 ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri-Cities, and KFOR in Lincoln. I'm Robbie Lula, Andrew Rogers here with me. Shane Schillerberg producing. We're efforting. He'll be here in two minutes. Okay, we are efforting Mike Shaver. He will apparently be here in two minutes. Uh, and we will. What, uh, is he busy or something? Yeah, I think he might have a lot going on this particular. What do you mean? He might have a lot going on this particular. Uh, He's too busy for us? Come on. Not too busy for us. Just going to be a couple minutes late. <laughs> just a couple minutes late. That's right. We got plenty to you talk better about. better be fashionably late. We got plenty to talk I need, about. I need, I need to see a nice hat on him. Uh, you know, if you're, if you're going to be fashionable with your car. Yeah, take it over to Dingman's. Mm. You need some work done. You get a little detail done. Yeah, make sure your car looks fashionable again after maybe you've been in a little accident. Oh, they, they, are you are you saying something that's true? Yeah, I'm just uh, talking very specifically <laughs> about your situation. Yeah, hey, thanks. Um, thanks for reminding me. <laughs> you can go to Dingman's. They've got four great Omaha area locations. They've been uh, family-owned and operated in Omaha for over 25 years, and they've been voted first place best of Omaha for 18 years running they work on all makes and models from fords to teslas and they've got the latest technology to stay up to date with the ever evolving industry and my favorite part about dingman's is they give back to the community for every car repaired they give back go check out dingmans.com for more information um, as we wait on our guy mike Schaefer here want to uh, kind of reset where we're at with the whole Dylan Rayola, Kyle McCord, everything that we've learned since uh, yesterday evening. Um, about I don't the, know. There could be bacon involved. I don't think there is any bacon involved, Shane. Uh, about now this, I'm hungry. Thanks. About this time yesterday, we were talking about, okay, we think Kyle McCord, we like our chances there. Um, we think he could commit kind of any day now. He's on a visit. That's all still true as far as we know. Uh, then we had the bombshell dropped yesterday of the Dylan Rayola situation rapidly changing. And one of the things that I want to talk to Shafe about, because my understanding of the situation is this was a very late movement thing on Rayola's part. This does not appear to be something that's been in the works for days even, certainly not weeks or longer. This seems to have been a pretty last-minute change from what we were expecting. I mean, if I'm not mistaken, Rayola, I think, was supposed to move into Georgia within the next week or so. Like, this was not a um, – this was a fairly abrupt thing, and I don't know that a lot of people were aware of what was happening before that. So um, I know there's some people that kind of are, you know, conspiracy theorying it up and being like, oh, did they know this whole time and whatever – to my knowledge, that is not the case. Uh, Mark, I don't know who Mark is on 
the stream, but he says mm-hmm. they're both supposed to commit on, on Sunday. Mark, if that's right, that'd be terrific. Yeah, he said earlier on in the show that uh, 24-7 sports, which we can ask Shafe yeah. about because that's who Shafe writes for, um, put out a um, – wasn't some, us. Some sort it's of a post. Account. Okay, there it is. So now, now, now <laughs> let it's me, free. Let me give me a minute on this. Go ahead. Take it. If you are the type of person that pretends to be another individual on Twitter, pretends to be a news entity for your own entertainment, congratulations with your, uh, what is it, 24-7 Husker account using our masthead, pretending to have breaking news. And if people just went back through, had all of like two tweets uh, in the last year. So, obviously, our account would have more than two tweets as Nebraska had more than two fumbles inside their own 20-yard uh, <laughs> line. So, that would have prompted tweets alone. But, yeah, uh, I, just a great message for people to, you know, really think about the account that you are retweeting and uh, believing. Yeah, fact check. Most of these accounts know nothing. They steal information. They publish information that's not theirs. And they do it for Twitter engagements for Elon Musk in his beautiful town square. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, just uh, keep that in mind. But I think we have a few things to talk about that aren't just me complaining. Hey, good morning, Shafe. Hey, Shafe, how are yeah. you? Um, <laughs> oh, I'm, it's, it's been a day. Mike, it has been a day. Mike J. Schaefer from Husker 24-7 joining us on the War Horse Sportsbook Hotline. Uh, Shafe, so let's start with when did you first become aware of this Dylan Rayola thing that there might be actually something here? Uh, I think slightly after the rest of America did. And <laughs> I was taking a um, shower at like five in the afternoon because I had to go run an errand. I hadn't left the house that day yet, which, you know, if you really want to know how the sausage is made when you work from home, 90% of the time, you don't always feel compelled to wake up and take that shower immediately. So, but I was leaving the house. I needed to be a presentable human. And I, I get out of the shower and my phone is just melting. Like it is just <laughs> melting. And I open it up and there's like, I, I don't know if this has happened for you guys where you're, you're in a few group texts or you're in, you know, some messages. And the very first text you see out of like, like 60 is just somebody WTF. And so you don't even know what they're responding you have no to. No context. You just are opening your phone. <laughs> And then you're looking through it and it's, you know, there's a, like a rail exclamation point, a rail, a question mark. Uh, what the hell is going on from Brunts? You know, like there's there's all sorts of stuff like that. And so for me, I was probably about 15 minutes behind everyone else and very confused, but also very clean from a hygienic standpoint. So. Uh, you know, that's that's what matters here. When I found out that news, I was as clean as I could possibly be. <laughs> so um, as you find out this news, what is your process? As you, I'm sure you started digging into this to find out, like, okay, how much validity is there to this? Obviously, uh, Steve Wiltfong, who we talked to yesterday, uh, changed his crystal ball, which – as part of your organization, I'm sure that carries a, a ton of weight as well. Um, that, that dude gets a lot right in terms of those uh, predictions. So what was your process as far as, like, digging into how true this is or isn't, and, and what did you find out uh, by the time we got to last night or this morning? Well, you just immediately get on the phone and just start making phone calls. So I talked to Steve for a little bit and, um, you know, had a general idea of where his information came from and and why he thinks what he thinks 
and then you know went to her georgia message board and and looked at what they were saying and what they were writing and the large conclusion here is the rayola family is just unhappy with georgia uh, there's you know a lot of at this point reasons as to why uh and only ultimately dominic and and dylan and the the close family probably know what exactly it is and i think the georgia coaches which is i think where the information kind of started that hey this is getting you know we're gonna lose this kid um so i i am under the belief that the rayola family is not happy with how things have played out at georgia uh and they're a big they're big on promises. Ohio State broke promises for them, and they immediately decommitted from Ohio State. I think Georgia has broken several, um, and I think the decommitment is is imminent. And I think Nebraska is the location where this is um, they're going to be the big beneficiary here. And the fascinating thing to me is if you go back to, to October twenty first, Nebraska plays Northwestern, and Dylan Rayola is in town because Dayton Rayola is a recruitable athlete that Nebraska has, mm-hmm. and Nebraska is not treating Dylan like a recruitable athlete. He's wearing a different placard, the kind of thing that you do if you're a hanger-on family member, if you're not a recruit. Uh, he told people in a Georgia group text of commits, hey, I'm just going to this game because Nebraska is recruiting my brother. It's a family trip. So this wasn't like a – you know, I think Nebraska has always been very cordial, and I think they always will be because, again, his dad's name is on the wall of the state. <laughs> like, he is always going to be linked to being Nebraska, whether he ended up here or not. And that was always the thing. And I think they always wanted to leave it that way because of the way the transfer portal works anyways. I think they always felt like there was going to be a second opportunity and and really, honestly, a third, but a second for this staff. And here it is in December, nearly a year to the date of which – you know, I think they went down and first met with Dylan Rayola after he decommitted from Ohio State. So it's, uh, you know, it's funny how these things kind of work. I, uh, I'm reminded by the fact I put in a crystal ball for him in February based on everything I was hearing at that time. And I felt good about that crystal ball at that time. And then obviously things happen and Georgia being Georgia is really tough to overcome. But I think Nebraska's situation uh, is pretty inviting to the Rayolas just because Nebraska clearly needs a quarterback. And... I think right now, after all of the talk, all of the season of what is 1890 and what has the collectives done, I think Nebraska is going to throw that cash this offseason. We'll put it that way. They are not going to be <laughs> left, um, you know, just wondering where do they invest their money mm-hmm. at this point. I think they've, they've targeted several investments, and we will see if that pays off for them. We'll shave a couple things that you said there. The first one that I want to hit on is that you said broken promises, you know, kind of hit deep for the Rayola family. But that also goes to show how strong of a relationship that Nebraska still held with Dylan Rayola. Dylan Rayola. And that's credit to Coach Rule. I mean, that's what he's been preaching from the very beginning. How important is that, um, that relationship message, maybe not even just to Nebraska, but to the rest of the college football world that, hey, you hold relationships with guys anything can happen yeah you know it's it's interesting and i don't want to i don't want to say too much because things always have a way of changing but i think you can sort of see how players revere their first year with matt rule based on how few guys have gone into the portal i think guys want to be a part of this program i think inside the walls over there they feel like they massively underachieved to what they could have been this year and I think there's a lot of belief that there could be a pretty good team next year. And so because of that, guys have bought in. And I think I think if you can make that visible, I think if you're Nebraska and you're bringing Kyle McCord through yesterday before the Rayola news even happens, 
I think you can show guys that are coming here for the sole purpose of one year and to win games that this is a place that is good from a cultural standpoint, is pulling all in the same direction. And all of that to say, it's it's not like this happened overnight. I mean, Matt Rule had to earn the trust of his players. He had to earn the trust of recruits. He needed to then be able to show recruits that were visiting what the culture looks like. And then more than that, those recruits need to be able to have conversations with players without the coaches around, without anybody else around, where they get the honest assessment of what Nebraska looks like. And the honest assessment, as far as I know, from talking to the players that I have, is they're very happy with how things had transpired, at least off the field, where Matt Rule has taken them, the trust that they have with their coaches. Um, and if you're looking for a place to play, and if you're essentially a mercenary, I mean, there's there's a lot that's inviting about it. And so I think I think relationships are a big thing. I mean, like, let's let's take a look at these other recruits Nebraska has already won out for. They got Grant Bricks because of relationships that Grant Bricks had with Nebraska's staff where he felt very strongly that Matt Rule was going to put this thing in the right direction. And even though Nebraska went 5-7, and seven, he still wanted to be a part of where this is going to go. Carter Nelson, that relationship couldn't have been more solid. That Nebraska felt so comfortable with Carter Nelson, they didn't panic at all when Notre Dame shows up in Elgin, Nebraska, and then gets him to show up to the, uh, what was it, the USC game that he mm-hmm. went to in October? Mm-hmm. Never wavered, no concern. Ja'Cory Barney commits to Garrett McGuire and Matt Rule because that's where his mom thinks that he can grow up and become the best player that he can be. Meanwhile, Miami wants him, Arizona wants him. All of these teams are interested throughout. Ja'Cory Barney just had – Brian Christopherson had a great story on Ja'Cory Barney that people can find on Husker 24-7. Like, relationships matter. I think that's why they're getting a fair amount of these commitments, and I think it's why they have largely stuck. And the ones that haven't, have been kind of Nebraska's call. Like it hasn't been, you know, Kawan Lacey is the exception here, but for the most part, it's largely been Nebraska. Like, Hey, look, you're going to look around. We don't have a spot for you or sorry. We thought that something was here, but right now we're against our numbers. So I, I think that relationships really matter to them. And I think that's visible when you're over there visiting and, and sort of being immersed in what's happening in Nebraska. The follow-up that I wanted to get to Shafe was when you brought up Kyle McCord's name and, and, the connection with Dylan Mariola wanting to come to Nebraska because there's room there, there there's a spot for him to to be successful uh, pr- probably sooner rather than later and I've been reading a lot that even though all of this is kind of stirring up in the Dylan Mariola camp that it it won't affect Kyle McCord and uh, his vision of Nebraska or, or, or potentially his commitment to Nebraska are you seeing or reading into the same thing yeah, I mean, I I don't know how that exactly plays out. I think, you know, from a logical standpoint, it's very easy for me to sit here and be like, okay, well, if you get Kyle McCord, he can start for 2024. If you get Dylan Rayola and, and Daniel Kalen, they can both redshirt and prepare themselves for ultimately what is going to be the spring battle of 2025. And you've got yourself, your, your future, and you've got your present. Like, talk about a great offseason. And yet, I just don't know how that works optically because I think Dylan Rayola wanted the opportunity to compete in the spring of 2024 and I think Carson Beck returning at Georgia has part of uh, where the Rayolas might be unhappy is that now do they view the McCord situation as different because Nebraska never told them that there wouldn't be a returning incumbent starting quarterback maybe but I also wonder if it's kind of a hey you know we know you need a quarterback like we're gonna put ourselves into this and 
kind of muck everything up. And so I, I don't know. I don't know if that was the intention of the rail is. I don't know if it was the intention for the news to come out the way that it did. Uh, it seems like Nebraska very much is trying to do damage control. If you saw the Pete Thamel tweet about uh, letting Daniel Kalen know that he mm-hmm. still uh, has an offer and is still, you know, welcome to commit. But that's awkward, too. I mean, I feel terrible for Daniel Kalen today. I mean, every basically every step of the way, he's always had Dylan Rayola over his shoulder. I mean, all the way back to when he gets his offer in May and then he's at Friday Night Lights enjoying it as an offered kid and Dylan Rayola is out there just, you know, throwing touchdowns and getting everyone fired up. And then Dylan Rayola commits to Ohio State and it looks like Daniel Kalen's the new guy for the for the new staff last December, and then he decommits from Ohio State, and they have to redo everything with Kalen and May. So I I don't know how that's going to play out either, but I, I think they have to massage some egos, and they have to really kind of play on different timelines here to, to get everybody working in the same direction. Because if Nebraska leaves this offseason with Kyle McCord for 2024 and Danny Kalen and Dylan Rayola for the future – they, I, I don't know that there is enough pluses on the planet to describe how they have attacked their quarterback. <laughs> uh, because where they were, where I was on the phone before I came onto this show, talking to a guy that works for us who's going on CBS, trying to be like, okay, so Jeff Sims played till the fourth quarter against Colorado. And then you had Heinrich Harburg until the first quarter against Maryland. And then you had Jeff Sims again. Mm-hmm. But then, then you finished with Chubba Purdy. And I could just, I could see the gears working in his brain as he was trying to figure out how Nebraska's quarterback situation played out in the fall. So for them to walk out of the offseason with these guys, it would be tremendous. Shafe, I'm, I said this earlier, and I, I want you to tell me if I'm being crazy or if this is accurate, okay? I said that if Nebraska landed McCord, Rayola, and I threw Fleming in there just for kicks and giggles, right? Um, if Nebraska landed those three guys – would that represent Nebraska's biggest win of the 21st century? Hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, Rayola himself is the single biggest recruiting win in uh, decades. Mm-hmm. Certainly um, the, recru- the the internet recruiting era. It's the it's, Right. Yeah. Um, so then there's that. So that alone. But then to me, like McCord and Fleming are so critical to what I think Nebraska could be for 2024 that it it just expands it yeah i mean if, if they have a day where it's just like and then you can even throw in prince will's brother if you really want to i mean there is a way that nebraska just totally goes from team that could be interesting in 2024 but hasn't proven anything to you know it's not even a joke anymore legitimately being handed a title belt that says off-season champions. <laughs> Like that's that's how good it could go for them this week if some things play out how they could. Now, being a citizen of Nebraska most of my entire life and someone who has covered this team since 2009 and followed this team since, you know, 1993, uh, generally when it looks too good for Nebraska, there's something that goes against it. But <laughs> um, it I mean, if, if they were to walk out of there with that kind of haul, that just would reinvigorate the idea. I mean, they, they got huge news. Yes. Like the, the Rayola thing overshadows that they have Kyle McCord on campus. Bryce Benhart says that he's coming back. And I know that there's people that have feelings about Bryce Benhart, but I thought he was their best offensive lineman at times in 2023. And you're getting him for another year. Yeah, we got done saying the same thing. Veteran. Yeah. And so I, I'd be excited about that. And then Isaac Gifford was kind of your, your it guy on defense. 
you know, he sort of embodied the Tony White defense to me in a lot of ways. And so to, to get both of those guys back, and it feels like it's the third most important thing that, that came out of yesterday because of the two quarterbacks, like that's remarkable. Uh, Shafe, I'm <laughs> – yeah, you're right. We did – We there was a lot happening yesterday, right? Yesterday was a news-heavy day. Um, a news-heavy news night. Until 5 o'clock. <laughs> right. And then everything happened from 5 until roughly 10 p.m. Do we want to toss in uh, – since we're since we're dreaming about potential offseason championships, do we want to toss in Trevor Etienne for Florida as well, just for funsies? Do we know where that actually is coming from? I have no mm-hmm. idea. Nope. It's I just kind of – it's, it's just a rumor <laughs> circling okay. right now. I have no idea. That's kind of why I was asking because I was like, I don't know, man. It appeared on our on our message board, and I was like, where is there? So, like so my job generally, whenever I see any rumor, is to go look for the direct source of where right. the rumor could come from or figure out why there is smoke, you know, what the fire is to the smoke that is fanned out into the to rumor land. And the Trevor Etienne thing, I mean, at one point, nobody from Nebraska's staff after this rumor had come out was even following him on Twitter. So it didn't feel like he was a, a target at that point. Now, multiple members of the staff are. And maybe things have changed that directly. I mean, I, I, he was at Florida, right? So, right. Yeah. I mean, if if maybe Prince Lee has, has talked to him, I have no idea. Chief Borders, obviously, and Corey Collier were at Florida last year. Um, so maybe they have some kind of pull there. Maybe it's just like the Rayola McCord Fleming. I, I have no idea. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the uh, rumor that I one, saw. It just caught me by surprise completely when I read that. And then I couldn't find anything to corroborate it. I don't have any information within 24 seven sports right now that corroborates it. Uh, so I, I can't speak on it, but yeah, they need a running back. They, they really, really need a running back in my opinion. And I think it's a combination of that shape. And so the thing was uh, Trevor Etienne shared a post on his Instagram page of Chief Borders. Um, and so that's where I think the stretch kind of came in. Like, you know, we're going a little bit on that. Right, right. Well, and you know, it's, it's, it's the season of wishing, right? Reading, and when you reading see tea leaves out, right. Here, when, when you see what happened last <laughs> night and people see then connection to the top running back in the portal. And then you also have, you know, the brother of uh, Prince will from that university, maybe also having some sort of tie in. It just seems like everybody's trying to, to stretch uh the silly putty as far as it can go before it just you know strings off you now have me wanting to create like this this thing where i have like a stretch armstrong stretched out completely and then you dub over a screenshot of like a message board post and you put it on the stretch armstrong <laughs> and it's your your stretch of the day featuring stretch armstrong and it the most absurd thing that you find on a message board. I feel like people would really like mm-hmm. that. It just use the that idea to the message board yeah, geniuses. Yeah, and you know what? Just use the twenty four seven sports logo. Make two posts. Like it'll, <laughs> it'll be fine. You borrow anything from our website that you want. You need <laughs> photos? Take them. You want our inside information? Have it. You want access to the database? Here's the key. I was. I just had a, a vision of uh, of our sales team reaching out to a yoga studio for our <laughs> herd out stretch for our herd out sports radio recruiting stretch of the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like it. Look at that. <laughs> and I like that a lot. And Mike Schaefer gets two percent royalty <laughs> on every deal. Say, we'll give- I don't need any royalty, but I just want to be asked never to try to perform the stretch. So don't <laughs> We will not be asking uh, any warrior poses out of our guy, uh, Mike J. Schaefer. Uh, Schaefer, anything we missed? You got like 30 seconds. Anything we missed? 
I would keep an eye on uh, two people here. We'll, we'll talk next Tuesday before signing day, but two other names to keep an eye on. Xander Ruggeroli, uh, offensive lineman from Bishop Gorman. It looked like Nebraska was going to be out of room, but I talked with him last night. I think things look good for Nebraska there, so keep an eye on him. He would be a left tackle in the future to, to slot in behind Gatua and, and Prohaska. And then um, Amari Sanders is another name to keep an eye on. He dropped the top five at the beginning of December. I think it's Nebraska, Virginia, and I like where Nebraska sits. That's a signing day decision. So I can talk more on those guys next week. Great. Uh, but I think a couple, couple more names to know. Mike J. Schaefer, Husker 24-7. Great stuff as always, always Schaefer. We appreciate it. All right. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. See you, man. Coming up next, we've got Herdat Hot Seat here on Herdat Sports Radio.